Hey everybody and welcome back to the Small Town Nerdcast. I'm your host Brian and boy oh boy today do I have an episode for you. I haven't done one of these since my previous podcast. Um, I'm already going to give you a spoiler tag guys. We're going to be talking about Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. What's great about this before I get into the spoilers though a few things and then we'll get into the movie. So special thing is this is the first movie Casey and I have gone to scene on opening weekend since COVID started. Like, honestly, since COVID started, we stayed away from theaters. We never went into them. We stay like it wasn't until Spider-Man No Way Home that we went to see a movie in theaters. And even then with Spider-Man No Way Home. We waited until basically the last week that it was going to be in theaters. It feels like like we waited, man, it had to have been at least two months before we saw that. I, like, I swear that's how long it was. Maybe not quite as long, but I think it was like, man, I can't. It had to have been out for at least five weeks before we went to go see Spider-Man No Way Home in our local theater. And it was a daytime show, like very first thing in the morning. And still, the theater was half full <laughs> because that's how popular that movie was. But like that, that like we were scared. Uh, well, you know, we don't want to take unnecessary risks. This time, however, you know, we're vaccined up. We're like, you know, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness might not be too full, so we'll get the first Friday showing first thing in the morning, eleven o'clock showing matinee, cheap prices, very very nice. And honestly, the theater was about as full as it was for the last showing of No Way Home in my hometown. So not too bad, you know, like we it felt it felt fine. You know, I will say it must have been a very muted crowd because people weren't as excited for the cameos as I was. And I wanted to cheer, but I didn't want to be that only guy in the theater doing it. So felt a little awkward. (laughs) But it was fun. We had a blast. We enjoyed the movie. And uh, we'll get more into that. Other than that, man, um, not too much going on. Uh, Mother's Day has come and gone. Thank you to all the mothers out there. My mother, my wife, and grandparents, and all those who have pretty much the reason why we're all here, man. The reason why you're listening to my podcast. The reason why you're enjoying the things that you do or hating the things that you do. It's all your mom's fault, so blame her. <laughs> so yeah, that's pretty much it, man. I didn't really have too much news and stuff. Um, oh, we also this past week, I forgot, man. I totally forgot about this. It's been so long since I've even been into it, like getting back into comics and everything. But last Saturday, May 8th, 7th, May 7th. Yeah, because 8th was Mother's Day. Oh, big yawn. Oh, shit. Sorry, I'm boring myself here. Oh. May 7th was free comic book day, which is something you need to keep on your calendars. It's typically the first Saturday in May, and comic book shops, it's free comic book day. They have a set of free... They, it's not You can't just go into the shop and grab whatever free comic book you want, but... You, they have a, a, a bunch, a huge set, some, it depends on the shop, I guess, but a huge set of free comics that you can choose from, 
sometimes there's a limit on how many you can grab. Sometimes they're not. I guess it just depends on whatever comic book shop you go to. But it's a great thing. It helps promote the shop. Helps you get helps get people in. And there's some really cool books there. I had to miss it this year. Uh, one because I completely forgot about it, and two when I did remember about it because I did remember about it on the day. However, we weren't anywhere near a comic book shop, so I couldn't stop in to go uh, enjoy the festivities. So yeah, keep that on your calendar for next year. Definitely something you don't want to miss out on. Sometimes they do cool events for Halloween and just, you know, find local comic book shops in your area and see what kind of events they got going down. Because sometimes there's some really cool stuff going on and you don't want to miss out on that. And now that I have a pretty neat little uh, comic book shop, not incredibly far away from me. It's like a 40 to 45 minute drive from me, which compared to the next closest shop, which is in Houston, is an hour or more drive. So, you know, doing the math. But yeah, I'll be frequenting that place more often. And they carry the books that I like to read. So that's a big plus for me. And we talked about it. It was like Lone Star Heroes and Comics. And, oh, God, I'm yawning again. Oh, shit, dude. Okay. Full disclosure, it's like 8 o'clock in the morning. I'm exhausted. <laughs> Took my son to school. Came home. Got all the recyclables in the car. Got the trash by the road. I'm going to go to the recycling place here after I finish recording. But, yeah. So, I'm exhausted, man. So, please bear with me. Please, uh... Just hang out with me. But yeah, so that's all the news things we want to talk about. Now here come the spoilers, guys. We're going to be talking about Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, which I'm super excited about. And hopefully you get, hopefully you guys have seen it. If you haven't and you don't want to get spoiled, then boy, you better leave now. And don't forget to go like and follow, uh, rate, review on Apple Podcasts. Follow me on Twitter, Small Town Nerdcast. That's SM town nerdcast and then on instagram it's actually spelled out small town nerdcast so yeah go check all those things out and now here we go all right so dr strange in the multiverse madness first things first i liked it i really enjoyed this movie i had a lot of fun with it i didn't have very high expectations going into it so maybe that's why I really dug it, and what's funny is I really haven't been paying attention to this movie at all, so I had no clue who the director was until I saw, or someone had mentioned it, and it was Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi, who's famous for his Spider-Man movies, uh, Evil Dead movies, tons of others, but uh, so like my big experience with Sam Raimi is with the Evil Dead movies and the Spider-Man, Tobey Maguire movies, and I enjoy it. The Tobey Maguire movies, maybe not the third one so much, but I enjoyed them all. They have parts that I like about it. And the Evil Dead movies are funny and creepy and fun. And that's what Sam Raimi brings to this movie. It's a lot of fun. There are some creepy jump scare moments. And you can definitely tell this is a Sam, a Sam Raimi film. I mean, hell, what's his name is in it? Um, Oh, guy who is always in his movies. Played Axe. Oh, shit. Please don't kill me. Um, I know his name somewhere, and I'm going to find it. And when we find it, you're going to hate me. <laughs> uh, let's pause here. Oh, there it is. Never mind. We don't have to pro- pause. Bruce Campbell. <laughs> 
uh, Campbell. Camp Bell? However you want to pronounce it. I always just say Campbell. Bruce Campbell. So, yeah. Sorry. I don't know why I spaced on his name. I always do. When I, I just He's Ash. He's the dude with the fucking shotgun and chainsaw. Like, that dude. Manly man. Anyway. So, this movie is very much... How do I say this? It is trippy. It is a whole bunch of things all in one movie. And at some points, I think it slows down a bit for me because of that. But at other points, it's very enjoyable. and gets me excited for what's to come next with uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And so that being said, let's just kind of give you a brief overview of what happens. We get introduced to America Chavez, who is a new superhero, and uh, a Doctor Strange, who doesn't quite look like ours, but very much looks like ours. They're running in like this crazy dimension, things are happening, Doc Strange, that version of Doctor Strange isn't getting killed, and we learn that America Chavez has this cool power that punches a star hole in the dimension, and she can just go through it, and it takes her to a new dimension, or a new multiverse, a universe. And um, so what's chasing her? Why is she, Why are they looking for this book of Vashanti? Like, that's kind of like the big questions that we have. Anyway, the portal she goes through brings her to our universe, which in this movie officially gets called the Earth 616, which is really great. And they play with that in the whole Earth name numbering like they do in the comic books. We'll visit Earth 838, which is another big Earth that um, in this movie. And we'll talk more about that later. So through all this stuff, um, America Chavez ends up getting chased by this crazy octopus demon in our in Earth six one six, our Doctor Strange's um, Marvel universe, and he and Wong defeat it. They realize there's some crazy like demonic runes on this demon. So Doctor Strange decides to head off to the only person who deals with demonology demonology and witchcraft and that's wanda maximoff uh, through talking with her and trying to get help for america chavez he soon discovers that wanda's been messing with the dark hold which if the book of ashanti is the book of good the dark hold is the book of really bad nasty evil shit and he finally realizes that the person who's been sending these monsters to capture America Chavez is the Scarlet Witch, a.k.a. Wanda Maximoff. And I, I admit, the first time I watched this movie, I thought that was really strange that all of a sudden now she's the bad guy because in my mind, in my headcanon, at the end of WandaVision, she had come to terms with she doesn't want to hurt anyone to keep her family. And like so that's the whole thing. The other thing about this movie... Is you really need to watch WandaVision before you get into this because WandaVision is literally the prequel set up to what why things are happening in this movie. Granted, there's other multiversal things that Doctor Strange did in Spider-Man No Way Home. However, I feel like Spider-Man No Way Home's multiverse stuff has little to nothing to do with this movie. It's so much more about Wanda Maximoff and her trying to get her kids back because in the WandaVision movie uh, you know Vision dies at the hands of Thanos Wanda is trying to cope with her grief with that creates 
a version by um, basically holding a small town hostage, but creates a version of Vision and kids if they were to have kids and to really kind of process her grief in a way. And it ends up hurting a lot of people that she's holding hostage doing this. And by the end of it, she realizes like she's not a monster. She doesn't want to do this. But then you get a like an end credit scene where she's got the dark hold and i didn't even know what the dark hold was i had to look that up back then to figure out oh it's a really bad book of bad and that's what she's exploring and like in the end credit scene you can hear like her kids yelling for her so it's like oh she's looking for her kids in a different dimension or a different uh, universe and so that's kind of where wandavision puts you at is while she kind of felt bad for what she had done she wasn't completely done looking trying to find a way to be with uh, her and all intents and purposes made up kids and so that's what led and I, like i completely forgot about that in my mind she had like learned her lesson decided it wasn't worth hurting people to get what she wanted like that was too selfish and then bada bing bada boom she comes to this movie and it's like psych bitch <laughs> but that's not the case and like I said, you need to watch WandaVision to fully understand where that's coming from. But then again, like, is that good to have, like, you have to watch a television show? And granted, it's just one season, like nine, ep- I think eight or nine episodes. But like, I don't know, man. Like, if, if I hadn't watched that, and there's a lot in the this movie and in Marvel movies in general, where you, like, they're getting to the point now where... You need to have seen other Marvel movies to really get what's going on in these Marvel movies. And I get, like, for me as an avid viewer and enjoying all everything, everything and anything all at once, like, this movie makes sense to me. And, like, there were times, though, that I had to turn to my wife and explain what was happening. Like, because she didn't get the Wanda thing. She was like, what, what, kids? And I was like, well, yeah, there's a whole WandaVision show. And, like, the quick notes I gave her was, like, Wanda, sad sad vision died, made vision and kids in mind, had to give them up, not happy about it. And, like, that was, like, my take for WandaVision in the three seconds I needed to get Casey caught up on this movie. (laughs) So, anyway, Scarlet Witch is the bad guy in this movie. And she's chasing after uh, America Chavez because she wants to steal... America's powers so that Wanda could go into a multiverse where her kids exist and she can be happy with them. Whether that's a good thing or bad thing, that's for, you know, it to be discussed at full in the movie. Anyway, so in their running off, Strange um, refusing to give up America Chavez and like things happen, like uh, uh, Scarlet Witch, like kills a bunch of sorcerers at their sorcerer hideout wherever it is and like tortures people and all kinds of stuff Um, but Strange and Chavez are able to pop through the multiverse and they end up into a different earth earth 838 which I mentioned earlier and this is a very uh, big place to be at there's a fun scene with Bruce Campbell in it Um, I think this was 838 where this happened I can't remember but it was a fun cameo by him and pizza balls and all kinds of weird shit like that. But we get to meet the Illuminati. And the Illuminati, which if you're a reader of the comics, is a group of superheroes that are 
dealing things behind the scene and are making the tough, tough choices um, all for the betterment of mankind and of their earth and of their universe, despite whether it is a moral choice or not. But that's the group of heroes that have gotten together to decide to make those choices. And this is where we get some of the biggest cameos where you get what was teasing the trailer, um, Patrick Stewart's Charles Xavier. You have, I don't know if it, I don't think it was Monica Rambeau. I think it was Monica's mother uh, where she's the Captain Marvel. You have Peggy Carter as Captain Britain or something of the like. Uh, she was like the Captain America, but Captain Britain version of Captain America. You had um, the guy who played Black Bolt in the Inhumans TV show reprise his role to be Black Bolt. So Black Bolt, Xavier, Peggy Carter, um, Captain Marvel, and you had, uh, what's his name, uh, Mordo, because their Doctor Strange had died, and so Mordo becomes the Sorcerer Supreme, and then last certainly not least and was my favorite was john krasinski as mr fantastic and you got you you got teased that he was already going to be in this because they mentioned it earlier while dr strange is there that they are in the baxter building and anyone who is a fan of marvel comics and the fantastic four know that they like the baxter building housed uh, the Fantastic Four. So that was a big thing. Really cool to see all those characters together. Uh, John Krasinski was a big favorite of mine. Uh, a lot of fan casting had him playing Mr. Fantastic, and I agreed as well. And then I think there was recent news that um, the Fantastic Four previous director had dropped out. And I don't know if they had mentioned John Krasinski to direct it, but someone I know what I was reading suggested John Krasinski could direct it and so I'm not saying anything but just saying this is like Krasinski is just dripping all over this fantastic thing <laughs> but I was super excited to see all that stuff and it was really cool to see all that play out you learn what really happened to their Doctor Strange and everything wasn't all sunshine and rainbows and he wasn't quite the hero that everyone thought everyone was led to believe of that world as it turns out, that version of Doctor Strange got the Darkhold uh, and used it to defeat Thanos, but realized it was too dangerous and too powerful and ends up sacrificing himself by having the Illuminati kill him. Um, so that way, you know, he couldn't be tempted to do all the universe-destroying shit that's going on. But also with the uh, Inhumans, you learn about incursions, which is due to... Um, one, that Doctor Strange hopping multiverses, like the Earth's 838's Doctor Strange. Um, I guess he was hopping multiverses. And in the comic books, all of these multiversal travels and things like that start causing incursions where universes are colliding with one another and one is getting wiped from existence while the other one uh, stands in its place. And this is a huge storyline in the comic books. So I was really excited to see this in a movie and this is a great way to and i think this is marvel's goal now is to use the incursions to bring in the x-men to bring in the fantastic four to all these properties that they own but are not in the mcu and they're looking for a way to bring them in i think the incursions is the way to do it i think the incursions 
uh, makes the most sense where you don't have to run these crazy backstories through these heroes because we all know it, man. We all know the Fantastic Four. We all know the X-Men. Like, we don't need the MCU's version of their backstory like they did with Spider-Man, you know, um, Homecoming and all that. It was just not a throwaway line, but it's a brief, uh, like, few dedicated sentences to kind of be like, yeah, and I, I got my powers and some shit happened. Like, you know, like, you can have Reed Richards... Or, like, you tied in the sword. Or, like, somewhere where they're in space. Like, tied into there in space. They got hit by cosmic radiation. And, well, you know, shit happened. And here we are. Like, that's all we need. And I think the incursions, the incursions, allow for that to happen. So, anywho. All that being said, uh, the Scarlet Witch finds her way to that universe by using what they call dream walking. Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention that. They tie in dreaming as looking through windows into other multiverses. So when you dream, you're looking through the eyes of a different multiverses version of you doing that thing. And that's a kind of neat idea to tie that into. And I, I actually kind of like that. You know, it makes it makes things in the real world feel a little more fanical or fanciful. But anyway, so Wanda uses dreamwalking to inhabit the body of the Wanda Maximoff, Wanda Maximoff in that universe and pursues after America Chavez and Doctor Strange. And what, what I also failed to mention through all this is Wanda, yes, is the bad guy, but they are making her creep. Be, man like when she's attacking like all the sorcerers at whatever mountain what is it called the uh uh taj taj kama Taj. there you go kamartage i found it <laughs> but when she's attacking it like she's doing creepy shit like through reflections like water and mirrors and stuff and then she like like jump scares out hands creepy like what is it the grudge type walking through and head snapping and limbs cracking in the place type thing like it's creepy man and um i i really believe like sam raimi set each of these different scenes up as like a different horror type of movie to uh really play with the character the in the multiverse of madness uh play with a scarlet witch's uh character and the different types of horror genres and nods to different horror movies which was really great and when she meets them at the baxter building in earth 838 it's very much like uh, what was that movie carrie i think you know she's got like fire all around her because she's killed all these ultron robots she's got like oil and maybe blood running down her face like carrie did like in the i think it was homecoming i can't remember if it was prom or homecoming but the dance and it's creepy man and she's coming after them they're freaking out and um, the Illuminati, the Illuminati steps in because they think they know better and they can stop Wanda Maximoff. And we get some of the most gruesome deaths I have ever seen in a Marvel movie. And I mean gruesome. This movie definitely takes that PG-13 rating and curb stomps it to the most extreme without getting an R rating. Um... <laughs> uh, Man, who's the first one? Oh, the first death in this is Black Bolt. I didn't spoil, like I said, spoilers. They all die. Horrible, horrible deaths. Uh, Black Bolt gets his mouth like taken off. And if you know Black Bolt's powers, 
he uh, when he speaks, it's such a loud and percussive uh, voice blast. It can like atomize people. Like it is that bad. Um, so she Wanda takes his mouth away, and then I guess out of his own pride, he tries to say something, but it ends up imploding his own fucking skull. And you watch the skull cave in and blood come out of his nose, and I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> like. That was intense. I was not expecting that at all. She freaking rips um, Mr. Fantastic into like string and like he dissolves, which was creepy as fuck and kind of crazy. Um, I try to think. The next death, I think, was because uh, their sorcerer Supreme Mordor stays back with Doctor Strange and Charles Xavier stays back too. So then it was. Uh, Peggy Carter, oh god, hers was horrible, man, like, she had this awesome moment where she says, uh, like, the I can do this all day line, which, like, you know, Steve Rogers says, uh, she does this badass, like, throw with her shield, Wanda ends up catching it, throws her back, and splits her in half, like, you don't get to see it, see it, you hear it, and you feel it when it happens, and then you, like, see her body collapse uh, as you, like, see the shield, like, like the shield gets embedded into a pillar or something in the background and you see Peggy Carter in the background like collapse and I think she collapsed in two pieces. I can't remember because I was just so mortified at what I just witnessed. <laughs> uh, Captain Marvel I thought was going to fare a lot better and it seemed like she was until finally Wanda Maximoff realized, oh yeah, I'm the big bad of this movie and took her out, dropped a fucking statue on her body and... I guess she died because you see her arm go limp. And so you're like, oh, yeah, she's buried under all this rubble and her arm went limp. Clearly, she is dead now. Um, the Charles Xavier one really got me uh, scared because um, he, uh, Professor X decides to try to go inside Wanda's mind to uh, free the Wanda trapped within. However, uh, Scarlet Witch shows up out of a cloud of red smoke, snaps his neck in like the dream or whatever you want to call it, the, the telekinetic way. So telekinetically snaps his neck and then kills him in the real world. Like he just falls over limp on his badass X-Men 1990s hover, hovering wheelchair <laughs> um, and dies. Like it was just intense. It was a crazy jump scare. She looked crazy as fuck coming out of there. One of the things I think they forget to mention is like, during this whole thing, her eyes are, like, glowing red. So it makes for, like, this really creepy, scary thing. Like, just thinking about it kind of gives me chills. Like, and I get, like, it wasn't, like, a super horror movie, but, like, it was just enough. Enough where, like, if you bring kids to it, they're going to probably be really freaked out. <laughs> but it was a great moment. It was quick, but it was fun getting to see Wanda kill, essentially, a Marvel superhero team of new and potentially going forward new heroes so like I don't, I don't think uh patrick stewart's coming back as charles xavier i don't think that's gonna happen you know the captain marvel thing's not gonna happen probably not the peggy carter that's probably a one-off and black bolt might be a one-off too i guess the only one that i'm really like oh yeah it might be coming back is a john krasinski fantastic four even though like you look at all the other ones and you're pretty sure they're all just one-offs of those characters so you're not going to get them again black bolt may or may not but i doubt it but it'd be cool to see him um but 
the John Krasinski one still lingers with me only because fan casting was a huge thing and because the potential of him directing the new Fantastic Four. Unless it's already been announced. I can't remember if it's already. I'm just going to do a little Google search here. Um, Fantastic Four MCU director. Let's see what Google has to say. Josh Trank at the helm. Okay, so it's not going to be John Krasinski. Josh Trank. And that was from CNET seven days ago. But then one day ago, there's BuzzFeed says, who should direct it? So maybe they don't know yet. Um... Oh, but it was going to be John Watts was the first one um, after his Marvel uh, Spider-Man movies that he did, which would have been fun. I don't know if that would have been the perfect tone for the Fantastic Four movie, but hey, you know, who am I? I'm not a director. I'm just a guy talking about movies that I like. Anyway, so Wanda kills the Illuminati. Stephen Strange and America Chavez go flying through... um, the multiverse again, which for a really cool scene here where they're going through a bunch of different multiverses as they're just flying through it. They it, it reminded me of that scene in the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy where every time they go into their like little slip space or like I forget what it's called, but it's like a random space thing and it's like in uh, in the Hitchhiker's Guide they get they like become yarn people at one point like everything's made of yarn which is really fun. Uh, it was just crazy and like that's what this reminded me of here in the multiverse of madness there were like paint there was prehistoric there was like a black and white like it was all kinds of crazy different versions of earth and i i just i loved it man it was really fun and really uh strange but like it was just cool man so um they end up finding the book of ashanti and try to get to it but um the scarlet witch shows up ends up destroying the book of ashanti so now they gotta figure out a different oh and then captures america chavez um there's a lot of stuff that happens in between there like she takes wong wong takes her to um this giant mountain which is like a shrine for the scarlet witch and that's how she uh is able to dream walk to chase after them at Earth 838. Like, I forgot to mention all that shit. <laughs> but that that's the shit that happens. Um, but she's able to capture America Chavez, takes her back to the um, Scarlet Witch Shrine, and basically leaving Doctor Strange stranded, uh, where he's got nowhere to go. Um, and Wanda's getting ready to take America Chavez's powers, uh, meanwhile, Stephen Strange is find, trying to find a way to get back to Earth 616 so he can save America Chavez. Um, he ends up, I can't remember how he ended up in the incursion dimension that he was in, but he was there and he goes to look for himself. He has a version of Christine, who was his love interest in the first movie, and he kind of kicked things off in this movie with her too, but that's not important. She's not important anymore. But. Anywho, uh, Stephen Strange ends up finding 
the version of himself in this universe, which is like the dark version of Stephen Strange, one who had used the dark hold and now possesses it and he's evil and there's this crazy fight between them and there's this really cool moment in where they use music notes and the musical score of the movie is part of the fight sequence and it's really cool and I really enjoyed that. And then another really gruesome death to the dark Stephen Strange happens, like impalement. And it was intense. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, God. Um, anyway, Stephen Strange decides to use the dark hold now, even though we all know that's a really bad idea. But he decides to use it because he sees no other way to get to Earth 616 to save America Chavez. And how does he do it? Well, you can only dreamwalk if the, a version of you exists in that multiverse. And lo and behold, because of the first movie sequence where the first version of Doctor Strange that we see dies, his body was left in Earth 616. So as soon as I realized what was about to happen, I laughed because then you get this amazing like Dr. Frankenstein's monster moment where Stephen Strange possesses the dead corpse of that Doctor Strange in his universe to go save America Chavez. He ends up harnessing the demonic spirits who are trying to punish him for doing it, but he ends up harnessing them to give him awesome demon powers. And then he goes to save America Chavez. Him and Wanda have this crazy battle. Um, America Chavez learns to, for the most part, control her powers because that was like a big thing throughout the movie. Is she didn't really have a grasp of how her powers worked. Um, but Stephen Strange kind of gives her the confidence to use them. She uh, projects a world, which was 838, where uh, it shows Wanda's kids, but they're terrified of the Scarlet Witch, basically who Wanda has become. And it kind of snaps her out of it. Like the hold that the book Darkhold has on her, um, seeing her children just terrified of her snaps her out of it. And she realizes, like, oh, shit, I have fucked up royally, and this is bad. So she ends up destroying herself in what remains of the Darkhold on Earth-616. But also, as you learn, she starts destroying the Darkhold in all other universes as well, so no one else will be tempted with its power. And that's pretty much the end of the movie, man. America Chavez starts training at the Kamar Taj place to become another sorcerer. She's learning to harness her powers. Uh, Stephen Strange is like, hey man, don't worry about me. I'm over Christine and the Dark Cold no longer. Like, I'm all I'm all over that shit. As it turns out, in the mid credit scene, he is not all over that shit. <laughs> Um, yeah, he starts growing a third eye, which the evil Doctor Strange had. So now you're like, uh oh, what does that mean? And that's the end of the mid credit scene. And then you get an, or like, no, it's not like that happens. And then there's like another, like so much time later and you see Steven walking down the road again, just happy Dory, you know, like everything's fine. And then some lady comes out of nowhere dressed in purple, takes a purple blade, slices a hole in like the dimension and you see like what looks like the dark dimension where Dormammu, Dorm, Dormammu is. I can't even say his name right. And they jump in because she's like, you got to help me save the, the dark universe or the dark dark multiverse. So I don't know. And Steven's like, hell yeah, I do. And they just fly off. 
at first, because I saw the purple blade, I was like, ooh, Psylocke. But then I was like, no, Psylocke's got different hair. And I don't think her powers can do that, punch holes in dimensions. Turns out it's a character named Clea, Clea, who is like related to Dormammu and ends up falling in love and becoming the wife of Doctor Strange at one point in the comics. So, yeah, she's kind of important. I think it was played by uh, Charlize Theron. So, big star power. What could that mean going forward? Who knows? And then you get a final end credit scene with Bruce Campbell, which was really fun and kind of makes fun of you for sticking around all the way to the very end of the movie to watch it. Um, what was funny is because during that movie, you know, uh, Bruce's character, the almighty Pizza Papa, is like harassing America Chavez because uh, she stole some of his food. So Stephen cast a hex on him or a spell on him that makes him start his hands start punching him in the face or slapping him around repeatedly, which is like a callback to the Evil Dead movies where like his hand gets like demonic possessed and starts attacking him. So it was really funny. And so at the very final end credit scene, um, Stephen had mentioned that it would wear off and you see that wear off and Bruce Campbell just kind of looks at the camera and like, it's over, it's over. And like, that's how it ends. And I thought it was a really funny thing. Like it, like he did kind of hope to get like, you know, something like a future, like, wait, what's going to happen next? You know, but that was a fun little end credit scene that pokes fun at him and got to, you know, put Bruce Campbell back into the movie. So it made me laugh. I, I enjoyed it. It gave you closure to that character. Um, but yeah, man, that was pretty much it for Doctor Strange's Multiverse of Madness. It was very, it was a very shitty review. I'll give you that. Overall, though, I, like I said, I enjoyed the movie. There's some people out there who maybe didn't like it. Um, thought it like because I get it, man. Look, these Marvel movies are now just pieces for other Marvel movies, and they're just stuff that you have to piece together. And some people are maybe getting tired of that because you sometimes you just want to go to the movie, have a good time. I felt like you could just go to this movie and have a good time, other than the WandaVision stuff, which I feel like if you like the movie tries to give you like a like a two frame, like not oh, maybe not that quick, but like. They give you like a little flashback of like Wanda and her kids and having to get rid of them or say goodbye to them to kind of let you know, oh yeah, Wanda had a traumatic experience. So if like you had no idea what happened to WandaVision, you would be like, oh, she had kids and now she doesn't and now she's sad and you would maybe kind of understand it, but you really wouldn't understand it. So yeah, that was the only part to me that I was like, okay, you need to watch WandaVision because you need to understand what's going on. And Maybe you just listen to my shitty review of WandaVision, my quick, quick Cliff Notes version of WandaVision. There you go. That's all you need to know. <laughs> mm, excuse me. But other than that, man, I had a blast, dude. Visually, I loved this movie. I didn't think I was going to like it as much as I did. I wasn't a huge fan of the first Doctor Strange movie. I mean, I enjoyed it for what it was, but that was about it. This movie was definitely exceeded my expectations as far as movies goes. I thought it was better than the first movie by far, and it just had a lot of fun. I, although, my other only complaint that I had with this movie was I felt like America Chavez's character was too much of a plot point. I mean, she literally was the plot of this movie. Like, she was the reason, like, this whole movie exists, but I just... I don't know, man, like, I, I I, just, 
I didn't feel like she had great character development through the whole thing. You didn't get to focus on her too much throughout the entire movie, which I would have loved to see more America Chavez. I get it's a Doctor Strange movie, but I would have loved more out of America Chavez's character. Not that she didn't give give us anything. I just think I don't know if Marvel utilized her the best way they could have, other than being like, oh, you were just the plot device for this movie, and you're just going to get us to where we need to go because it's convenient. Like, that was pretty much all that felt like America Chavez was used for. But I'm excited to see what happens to her in the future of Marvel. You know, like, where does... Because clearly with her, with Spider-Man, if they can do it, I, I don't know what Sony's deal is with them. Uh, you have Miss Marvel now about to get her show. You're seeing Marvel start to put together a slightly younger cast of Avenger or Avenger-like people. Oh, Kate Bishop's Hawkeye. And so you're starting to see these younger iteration of characters where you could build towards a young Avengers or a Champions. Like, maybe they introduce a Nova character soon. Like, who knows? But, and you could keep Teenage Groot because that would be fun. (laughs) But yeah, man, um... I dug it. I, I really I really dug this movie. I liked what they did with it. I loved the cameos that we got to see. Although, I kind of wish we would have gotten something different. I think the only cameo I was just kind of like, huh, was the Captain Marvel one. Where it was um, Carol Danvers' friend or Monica Rambeau's mother as Captain Marvel. Which was cool. I, I thought it was a cool um, thing. But, man... You know, in the Illuminati, one of the big players is Black Panther. And I get, like, it sucks. Um, We lost uh, Chadwick Boseman. And, you know, that hurts, not having him. Because that would have been cool to see a version of him as the Black Panther. And I had two immediate thoughts when I saw that. Because, like, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, man, I thought that was supposed to be Black Panther. And it turned out it wasn't. Um, because she had a dark uniform too, so like it kind of tricked me. <laughs> but my first thought was, oh, you could have done Shuri as Black Panther in that, and that would have been a really badass thing to do. However, the actress who plays Shuri, I think, is not on Marvel's good side right now. She came out on Twitter against vaccines or like criticizing them. And so that kind of put her in hot water. So maybe that's why she wasn't there. But my other idea was. To try, maybe he just turned it down. Maybe that was their first try, was to get uh, Michael B. Jordan, who played Killmonger in Black Panther, but in a universe where he is the Black Panther, and maybe he's not such a bad guy, you know? Like, he ends up beating their Chadwick Boseman Black Panther, and he becomes the new Black Panther, and he's on the Illuminati. But, like, he could be a force for good or who knows like what it could could have been but i thought that would have been a great way that's a cool way to try to recast and then bring him into the marvel 616 universe like michael b jordan as the black panther like that was my thought on that and i i mean that's just me fan casting being crazy so i don't know and and like i said a lot of those characters kind of look like one-offs other than the john krasinski one where i'm hoping it's more than just that I mean, it could have just been one-offs, just that, hey, check all this all all out, you know, but 
it's whatever. But yeah, man, that was pretty much my rundown of um, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I Like I said, I really enjoyed it. I like what they're building here. I now truly believe that the next stage that Marvel is doing for their universe are incursion events. Like the incursion events, which happens in the comic books and was a way for the comics to consolidate all their different universes that they had because you know they had different um comic lines like you had the ultimate spider-man the ultimate fantastic four like the ultimates and you had like ultimate version like what was it mar uh earth 1616 or something like i don't know it was a different earth but it was the ultimate universe where you had miles morales spider-man and who was wildly popular and they they wanted a way to bring him in well, I don't know if that was the only reason, but it was a great reason to bring him in to the mainline Marvel comic universe and bring Miles Morales there. And so, like, Marvel used their incursion events in the comic books to consolidate a lot of these universes, to re-age characters who had aged up and they wanted younger versions of them, and bring very popular characters from different outside the 616 storylines into the 616 storylines and so i feel like this is the mcu's way to take the fox characters to take um some other characters that they have acquired and bring them into this universe into the main 616 universe and i think it's a great way to do it without having to explain well, where were you during the Thanos snap, you know? Like, because, like, that's, like, one of my big deals with the Eternals was, like, really, they didn't step in? Like, you're, you're really telling me they just was, like, even though we stepped in and helped humanity with a bunch of things, um, not with this. <laughs> so, yeah, that was my big deal with, and, like, they don't, they don't even address the giant Eternal or, like, Celestial that at the end of the Eternals is like sticking out of Earth. Like that's not addressed in Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, which I hate. <laughs> but yeah, so that was the movie. Like I said, I enjoyed it. I see where I think I see where Marvel's going now. Uh, it just it seems convenient. It seems like a great way to bring in all these characters. Like I said, without giving them too much backstory and us just accepting them for who they are. You know, because at this point, I think Marvel has trained us, man. Like I said. You need to have seen some things to fully get everything that's happening with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And Marvel kind of expects us to. And in a way, they're not wrong because most of us have watched WandaVision. Most of us have seen uh, the Loki TV series, uh, the first Doctor Strange movie, Spider-Man No Way Home. So like we've seen these things and so we get some of the references that are brought up in, in this movie and we can push forward with it. Marvel has trained us. I mean, I'm sure we've all watched Moon Knight by this point as well, which definitely I should talk about too, but I just wanted to dedicate this episode all to Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. With that being said, that is everything that I have to say about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. If you haven't seen it, definitely go check that out after you watch WandaVision or get like a brief, like read what happens in WandaVision real quick on the internet and then go watch Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness because I'm assuming everyone and their mom has already seen Spider-Man No Way Home. So you already know what happened there. But yeah, thank you guys for listening to the podcast this week. Thank you for hanging out with me. Sorry I had to take a big breath there because I am running out of air. 
But if you like what you hear or you hate what you thought or you hate what I thought about the movie, you can hit me up on social media. Everything is at Small Town Nerdcast on Twitter. It's SM Town Nerdcast. And on Instagram, it's small spelled out Town Nerdcast. You can also just write to me on email if you have a project that you're working on, a Kickstarter you want to share. I'll do what I can to help support it. You can email me at bryfypodcast at hotmail.com. That's B-R-Y-F-Y podcast at hotmail.com. And if you like video games and you like watching other people play video games, you can follow me on Twitch. And that's twitch.tv slash bryfypodcast. And you can watch me play video games. Right now I am playing The Division 2, working on a new character build. And The Division is much like Diablo, but with guns. And... I've been enjoying it, man. They're about to start releasing some new content, uh, I think tomorrow or maybe the day after. So a new season's dropping, new content, new story. And so I'm excited to get back into that. So that's probably what I'll be streaming here for a while now. But that being said, that's all that I got for you guys this week. And we will see you guys next week.